Are they filling or no? What? No, they're one size fiddle. Well, that's dumb. Can you not lick my armpit? <laughs> Alright, say I'm so glad I'm already Pardon. recording. <laughs> Who licked Tyler's armpit? Only one way to find out. <laughs> Welcome back to Dad's Meat World, your weekly trip back to the 90s through time travel via podcast. That's right, 2023's most advanced technology available. This week, we're coming at you with Dad number one, Brett, handing over to Dad number two. It's me, Tyler. (laughs) And this week, we are going to be taking a look at... Sister Teresa. So, Tyler, we actually have a special guest uh, this week. Since we're talking about uh, Harley Kiner's baby sister, one of us thought, hey, let's get one of our baby sisters in to talk about this. So, who are you, baby sister? Uh, My name is Rachel. And you are? Your sister. (laughs) (laughs) That sums everything up better. I've got to label those better. (laughs) No, you're fine. I will tell you guys that right now we have Buddy Jones snuggling up to Rachel because we're both sitting on my couch. And Buddy Jones desperately wants more attention and affection from her and just keeps staring at her. So we may have a couple of weird bumps and whatnot that Brett's going to have to edit out. But, uh, yeah, we might have a puppy who's kind of going crazy over here a little bit. More than normal. I believe Buddy already managed to turn that phone call off once, so... (laughs) Is that what happened? I'm guessing. <laughs> Buddy went crazy and the connection died. So, <laughs> yes. So, uh, Brett, uh, what's going on in your neck of the woods? Well, our neck in the woods involved the Shrek the Musical finally coming to fruition this past weekend. And so we got Very to see nice. Abby on stage uh, as Baby Bear. And uh, one of the Duloc dancers. So we got to see really well done, uh, really well done, well put together musical uh, by our high school. They always do a really good job. Uh, uh, Kelly and uh, Toby and I both, all all three of us went opening and closing night. And we had some friends that went with us opening night that were really blown away with how well they they did. And uh, my parents, my brother, and a few others went for the matinee performance just Really well done. A lot of fun. Kelly is still complaining because she's walking around singing the songs that were in the musical during the weekend. So, <laughs> I mean, your wife is a musically motivated person, so <laughs> it doesn't surprise me that these will be in her head for the next week at least. Oh, it's just that they're stuck there. That's mm-hmm. what the problem That's fair. is. <laughs> but yes, yes, That's Kelly. Fair. Kelly was in many a musical when she was in high school as well, so... But yeah, so Abby really got to strut her stuff, and uh, you know she is very much typecast. But they did a really good job with it. Very, good. very impressed. A lot of fun. So it was a busy uh, yet fun week for us. How are things going over in uh, Volk World for you? Well, I was going to say uh, <clears throat> we'll have to have her come on uh, eventually and talk about her experience in this play and how it compared to other plays she's done before. So. Just so you know, uh, Abby is our official uh, uh, our 
theater correspondent. Theater, yes, theater uh, entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. Wow, no, that's not the word I want. Uh, our expert in the realm of Shakespeare and uh, uh, theatricalness. Uh, gotcha. Yes. So currently, you're our correspondent for sister relations. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> uh, anywho, on my front, things are good. Uh, knock on all of the wood. Everyone has been healthy, and everybody uh, is doing pretty good. We're getting into baseball officially, so a lot of fun in that. Uh, school year's wrapping up. Uh, I feel exhausted, but hopefully we'll be able to end the year very good. What's going on with you? Uh, I am 21 weeks pregnant as of yesterday. Yay! So finally, you're having? I don't know. We're not finding out. A human. <laughs> a so, human, yes. But you're having? A baby? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sarah told me that you didn't get an envelope saying what oh, it is. Oh, no. Sarah really by. wanted me to get an envelope that said what it was, and her and my mom know. That way they could let me be prepared. But... I did not do that. <laughs> yes. And for the record, uh, so just so everyone knows, uh, Rachel is actually seven years younger than me. So I very much remember when she was born and uh, being there for her. Uh, but we are the two in our family that everyone goes, well, you can't tell Tyler or Rachel. They can't keep a secret for anything. Yep. And you know what? There's something that she told me I have not told a single person in our family. And most likely no one is listening of our family up to this point. So I know a secret and I'm not telling you people. Apparently you're going to have to tell me after this because I don't know what the secret is. Well, when it comes to the baby, Rachel, Kelly and I did not opt for knowing what they were before they were born either all three times. So we're right there with you. I really want to know and my husband doesn't. So I'm just being a really good wife. Okay, so we're really there with your husband then. Yeah. <laughs> right. But kudos to you for being a good wife and, and working, at least being willing to work together and defer to that, that one perspective rather than forcing another one. So Yes. Yeah. We'll have to have her husband on at some point because he really is like a 90s dad, like, today. <laughs> he's like, he's honestly our dad. Like, it's weird to say that, but. They get together and they just do things and they like read each other's minds and they do whatever they have to do and it's really weird. <laughs> I just refer to him as the favorite son at this point because how else should we refer to him? But yeah, that <laughs> I feel like this so is gonna be a really weird. Before we episode. dive into our actual <laughs> episode, Rachel, we uh, we always like to ask our our guests when they come on. So what's your boy meets world story? How did you come to to learn about the show and and where are you at with it? So, I wasn't really, like, a Boy Meets World person, dun, dun, but dun. because of Tyler, I kind of had to watch it, because he was older, so he got the remote, and he could watch whatever he wanted. <laughs> so, I guess that's my experience with Boy Meets World. I will say, while we were on our honeymoon, we were talking about the podcast, and we actually started watching it one night, and we watched, like, six episodes, and my husband was like, all right, we got to stop. We got <laughs> we to do something else. <laughs> well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I also made him listen to your podcast in the car <laughs> while we were driving. It was like, okay, I can't do music anymore. We're going to listen to a podcast. 
<laughs> and what a terrific podcast to listen to exactly. on your honeymoon. It was either that or uh, Crime Junkies, and I figured he didn't want to listen to people be murdered, so <laughs> this was better. You know, Brett, at yeah. some point we're going to have to have a deep dive about, you know, women and their obsession with uh, these true crime uh, podcasts. Yeah, I think that's like a bonus episode because she's <laughs> not necessarily into into the uh, the podcast so much, but that's definitely Kelly's preferred uh, entertainment choice. She's got to watch yeah. a good yeah. murder if I'm not careful, or something to fall asleep at night. <laughs> I'll stumble onto Sarah's feed and it'll just be like true crime podcast, true crime podcast, <laughs> true crime podcast, true crime podcast, Dazmeet World, true crime podcast, true crime podcast, true crime podcast. See, I only have two. I have Dad's Meat World, and I have Crime Junkies. So we're top two, Brett. Yeah. All right. <laughs> two out of two. I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Brett, should you hit us with that synopsis? I should, yes. We are looking at the 10th episode of season three, Sister Teresa. In this episode, Corey's new gentleman attitude earns him a date with a cute girl named TK. However... Things get intense when Corey finds out that TK is Harley Kiner's little sister. This episode was written by Jeffrey C. Sherman, directed by David Trainer, originally aired in November 25th, 1994, and currently enjoys an IMDb rating of 8.4. We're going to open this episode in the Matthews kitchen. Amy is desperately trying to get Corey's attention to help her with some groceries to get in the door. Hands are full. Corey is a little too busy at the microwave. Be there in a minute, Mom. And, of course, bag tears, groceries spill. Amy gets her way in. And then Corey is finally available to help because his socks are done microwaving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, do you think he was watching to make sure his socks didn't catch fire? Because I'm now wondering if that's what he was doing. Because very possible, there's a chance he <laughs> ha- may have done that too long before and ruined a sock or two. It's possible. I uh, it it is very possible. This is not necessarily new territory because in the early '90s uh, there was a pretty prominent episode of Seinfeld where Kramer likes to have his clothes uh, come fresh from the oven as well. So it's not new ground that they're breaking to bring something fresh out of a heated source so it's like it's fresh from the dryer. Um, so I wonder if in the in the Boy Meets World universe, Corey watches Seinfeld. But uh, did you guys ever warm up clothing so it feels fresh from the dryer? I definitely have done, like, towels. Yeah, I mean, we, I, I'll be honest, as a family, we were bad at, like, consistently doing laundry. And so <laughs> there'd be plenty of mor- mornings you'd wake up and, like, the washer had run, but the dryer is completely <laughs> empty. And we'd be like, huh, I wonder which one else was supposed to do laundry. It might have been me. And then you just go, well, I want this to be <laughs> all warm, even though that stuff could be done. Oh, oh, well, someone else will deal with that later. <laughs> and so it wasn't that uncommon for us to throw something in, like an outfit or even our pants or whatever. Especially like a de-wrinkle situation. Like, mm-hmm. I need to be out the door in 10 minutes. I'm just going to throw this in quick and yes. <laughs> de-wrinkle it. <laughs> Much quicker than getting the iron out. Exactly. Well, and unlike this time period that we're in for whatever reason because we're in the darkest timeline uh that's a community reference i know you don't know that it's okay like back in the old days of the two earth thousands uh 
it was really cold outside, so you don't want to have, you know, a little bit warmer clothing as you went outside. <laughs> yes, and Tyler, this is November, Pennsylvania, that Corey is microwaving his socks, so. Mm-hmm. I fully get it. <laughs> yeah, so Corey gets his socks out, explains why he's doing what he's doing, and decides to help pick up by picking up the peanut butter jar and the celery, because he wants to dip it. He's got to dip the new jar because the old jar had pieces of celery in it. <laughs> to which Amy's thoughts are expressed out loud. You're such an adorable child. I have pictures. How did you get like this? To which Alan walks in the door of the kitchen doing exactly what Corey is doing. It just reminded yeah. me of season one, Alan and Corey making sandwiches for lunch. <laughs> yeah, It's just the faster version of when you make celery and peanut butter is all instead oh, yes. of just taking the knife out and spreading it out all nice and even you just dip yeah. it yeah i i was never allowed to dip because i was the second of five children and we weren't allowed to dip there were too many people trying to get peanut butter from the jar so i quickly built the habit of i am not opposed to you will often find me just grabbing a spoonful of peanut butter on the plate and i will just dip my celery in it that way just feels like a waste of time to put it into the celery and then eat it. My father, my father, our father comes from that Seinfeld era. And quite often, one of his most often jokes was, you can't double dip a chip. So <laughs> double dip the chip. Uh, if we were to double dip anything, he would say that to us immediately. And thus, there's yes, going to be a lot of Seinfeld crossover, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. I apparently don't remember that. I just knew that we weren't allowed to double dip. You missed a lot of his. Uh, <laughs> how do I say this in a nice way? I just want to say when this sh- this episode aired, I wasn't born. No, you weren't. <laughs> I wasn't even thought of. <laughs> no, that was the good old times. When they could have had a dog. At this time, we had a dog and a cat. Uh, no, just our father just just constantly would say these things would just say just all these quotes from random movies random tv shows it's probably one of the reasons that i do it but i think just as you were a teenager he just didn't do it as much no now he does old westerns he he didn't have the audience he used to have you know (laughs) so because you and mom outnumbered him at that point and it'd just be like you're not being funny okay see but i laugh at everything and mom yells at me well, I'm sorry. She's not here to yell at you right now. She probably won't even listen to this episode. Maybe if I tell her I'm on it, she will. <laughs> if we say that you confess something about something you did wrong, then she will. Apparently. Watch. Listen till the end to see what uh, Rachel's baby really is. No. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I, I do always like when they do those cement. Uh, symmetrical moments from the full full circle moments of you see something that Corey's doing and you're like why would he do that and then alan's doing that thing and you're like oh yeah father like son is this the time when amy starts getting on him about his manners and how he's no longer polite anymore yes amy amy lays into him a little bit about uh being more polite and uh gives him a challenge which we'll dive into as we walk into school with sean Corey's gonna set us up says, why don't you try being polite for just one day and see if people don't notice? Hey, for what it's worth, Cor, I think you're polite. Then again, polite in my family means wearing a tie for your arraignment. And so this is the conceit of our episode. 
And then uh, Mr. Feeney walks by and someone wanted to help with the fire extinguisher, but apparently there wasn't a fire. And so Corey decides to test it out. <laughs> oh, bless you, Mr. Feeney. Oh, thank you. Mr. Matthews, that's surprisingly considerate. Good. Tell my mother. Just fun to always have a Mr. Matthews, Mr. Feeney interaction there. Yeah, and then, I, <laughs> can I just say for real quick, one of the things that bothers me about this show, especially in this early time period of them still not sure of who Corey is. Because, mm-hmm. like, we have episodes where, like, Corey is uh, parental approved. Like, Corey is the super nice kid that everyone knows is a good kid. <laughs> Yet, he said bless you to his neighbor slash principal slash teacher. And he's going, well, that was surprisingly kind of you. <laughs> like, Corey should know when someone sneezes, you just say bless you. Like, that's just something he shouldn't even think about doing at this point in his life. Yeah. But anyway, how, many, how many parentally acceptable teenagers do you know that fall into the category that don't always just quick to rip off a bless you? Or for a Seinfeld crossover, you are so good looking. I don't even know how to go from there, Brett. Let's just get to the part where <laughs> Corey sets himself up to fail. All right, so Corey also wants to be super, super polite for Eric and offers to help him in the bathroom, which <laughs> Eric safely, he's got, he's handled it. But uh, then we, we lead into Corey meeting TK. You're a very polite fella. Thank you. And your smile, it's kind of engaging. Yeah, I use the toothpaste with swirls. <laughs> Humorous, too. You got possibilities. Turn around, let me look at you. I don't usually go for Velcro heads, but on you, I don't know. It's working for me. You got a name? Uh, Corey. I'm Teresa. My friends call me TK. Oh, nice to... Oh, gosh, I knew this was going too well. <laughs> Chill, it's a pen. <laughs> Keep in touch. All right, Cor. That girl. She wrote seven numbers on my hand. What could that possibly mean? It means call her. Sean, how can I call her when I don't even ever... (laughs) Oh! (laughs) Hey, real quick. Um, In your interactions with boys in middle school slash high school... Did they seem this dumb then to you as well? Uh, like that they wouldn't know that I gave them my phone number? <laughs> just any way in which you could have potentially flirted with a boy you liked, and they just are clueless. I don't know. People thought I was kind of mean in high school. So... <laughs> okay, those people that think you're mean don't count. Cause <laughs> that's Most people thought you were nice. I mean... I grew up where, like, you gave out Snapchat first, and then from Snapchat, you got the phone number. Like, you started at Snapchat. That, Kyle and I started with Snapchat, and then progressively went to Facebook, and then we went to phone numbers, and mm-hmm. now we're married. <laughs> she back in my day, <laughs> we would just text each other. We thought, whoa, Didi, this is like reading someone's mind. 
Yeah, see, but Snapchat, you could see what they were doing. Gave you a look into their life. That's what uh, AIM is for. All right, well, I didn't have AIM. (laughs) AIM was not a thing anymore. I remember when you had AIM in MySpace. I had Facebook. And Snapchat. Brett, what did you think of that interaction with uh, Um, TK and Corey? I'll say this. It definitely plays into how we have established Corey and his emotional intelligence around girls so far this season. Yes. Um, he's he's definitely aloof. He does not realize right away that he's being flirted with very quick with a, a response, you know, about the toothpaste, the toothpaste. Maybe a little bit too dumb about the phone number thing, but it's funny. I'll allow it. So Tyler, what do you think about uh, what do you think about Corey and Sean there, especially Corey and his interaction with TK? Well, here's the thing: Corey is oblivious, and I don't think it's a bad thing. Like one of the things that is quite clear with Corey in, in the span of the whole first, the second season, is that when Corey is trying to hit on girls or trying to scheme. He is really, really bad at it when he is naturally trying to just be himself and just, you know, being who he is. It's works really well in his favor. Yeah. So it's almost like when Corey's confident and when he's just himself, you know, that's when girls tend to notice him. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge to anyone younger listening. Yes. So anyway, uh, before we uh, we'll go we we go to our commercial break and come back. Before we do, let's talk about TK Teresa Kiner. Yes, who we'll find out later. Please do. She is played by Daniil Harris. His first and only appearance on Boy Meets World. Now, Daniil, Daniil, Daniil went on to a very successful career after this appearance, and already had a pretty a pretty solid base uh, in Hollywood before this. Uh, she currently has over 100 acting credits on her resume. She got her real start before this playing Jamie Lloyd, uh, Laurie Strode's daughter in the Halloween series. She was in Halloween 4 and Halloween 5. Uh, she has also appeared in Growing Pains, Roseanne, The Wild Thornberries. Uh, she also appeared later on in Rob Zombie's Halloween reboot movies, uh, The Hatchet series. She's become... Um, a modern scream queen, if you will. Uh, she has a lot of uh, credit in the horror movie realm. In the last couple of weeks, when we've talked about the one-off girls in this show, this is the first one that's actually had sustainability in Hollywood, so that's awesome. Great pedigree in Hollywood, even before Boy Meets World appearance. Would have loved to see her show up more often. Yeah, it wouldn't have been interesting if she would have returned at some point. Would have been, yeah. So... We returned from our break. We're in class. Oh, my gosh. Real quick. Hold on. What if she actually was Lauren? Like, what if instead of it being Lauren, it was actually TK? She left, became a nicer person. Bada bing, bada boom. That's the reason Corey tried to cheat. That would have been an even deeper level of emotional resonance. I feel like this is a lot of spoilers happening. It's a 30-year-old series. show? <laughs> 
So when you leave here, you need to watch the whole thing. Okay, well, not when I leave here. We we skate by on spoilers because this show originally aired in 1993 to premiere, and it is 2023 now. So <laughs> we feel okay spoiling show, uh, spoiling uh, character and and plot points for a show that's been on the air for 30 years. So we're okay with it. Gotcha. <laughs> I mean, just when Feeny dies, that this is a real emotional moment, you know, in season three. Okay, I know that Feeny doesn't die in season three. I'm not that dumb. I know that Feeny goes to college with them, and then he's a dean. No, he's not the dean, but he dates the dean. Mm-hmm. Ha ha! See, I know more than you thought. You, no, you just have like a, it's almost like you have like a few little bits and pieces throughout the years, because probably like, I'd be like, oh, this is that Boy Meets World. Oh, Okay. And then it's like a couple days later, here's Boy Meets World. And then, you know, so you're constantly seeing some specific episodes, potentially multiple times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we go and we're in English class. Yes. Yeah. Apparently TK has decided that she also wants to be in the same class as him. She is. And uh, she's got herself all set up. Ah, oh, there he is. There's my guy. Well, it's funny. I got this thing here called homeroom. Yeah, this note covers it. TK, what are you doing in my homeroom? Our homeroom now, sweetie. Okay, Teresa, welcome aboard. Pick yourself a desk. Mr. Turner, is it okay to sit two to a desk? I'm thinking no. (laughs) For a five spot? Okay, this is the next day. They talked on the phone for two hours the night before, which beats Corey's previous record with talking on the phone with a girl by two hours. So we're setting up that TK moves fast. Uh, so here she is. She has changed homerooms to be in Corey's homeroom. It's our homeroom, sweetie. She wants to share a desk with him and even offers to bribe the teacher with a five spot to share a desk. So we're setting up very quickly that TK comes from a very different world than Corey does. Well, Brett, I'll ask you, what was the first time you ever talked to a girl like for like a long actual conversation on the phone? Oh, on the phone? I was in high school. Mm-hmm. It was a girl I dated in high school that uh, is actually in the days of calling cards and prepaid cell phones. That was, the, <laughs> that was when you did things that way. Uh, in the middle of nowhere when you didn't have a... Didn't have your own cell phone plan and wait for nights and weekends to kick in. You just bought prepaid cell phone minutes or used a calling card. And, uh, yeah, it would often be an hour or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about I mean, you, Tyler? I will say, it, well, in, in this time period that Corey's like, like man, he's talking on the phone for two hours. It was incredible. <laughs> I do remember, like, a light switch moment for me, like, going into my ninth grade year where I was like, oh, I think I can talk to girls now. <laughs> <laughs> this new and so skill. like, yeah, like eventually I just had this skill. Like I had like a really I had a relationship that didn't last very long, and like we just did not know how to talk to each other. And I was like, okay, the next girl I date, I want to be able to talk to this girl because like nothing is fun in dating if you're not actually able to communicate and say things. So, mm-hmm. and I like to talk, but she's got to be able to talk back. <laughs> Rachel, when were you able to start talking to girls? <laughs> I've always been able to talk to girls. I've never really had that issue. When, <laughs> well, when did guys happened. when did guys break that thirty second barrier and actually launch into real in depth conversations? 
or at least real lengthy Probably conversations. Probably not until like ninth grade, I would say. I thought you were going to say going into my senior year when I started talking to my now <laughs> husband. No, he isn't really a phone call kind of person. Like we can text and he's not much of a talking person. No, he's not. And that's why we get along so well. <laughs> I do all the talking and he listens. He's just no, a he's like listener. a he just likes being present. So like he went to school four and a half hours away from me and he would talk to me on the phone the whole time except we wouldn't talk. It was like he was driving, listening to music, and I was doing something else. And mm-hmm. we wouldn't really converse at all. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, well, how's the drive? Like, <laughs> it was a long four hours. Yeah. Well, he is a um, quality time person. Yeah. Because like, we even had conversations before. I'm like, does he? He knows he doesn't have to be around us. Like, yeah. He doesn't want to be. Like, he looks sometimes like he's in pain. She goes, no, he's actually really happy to be yeah. around you guys. He's just tired. He, one of the things that he loves, he works on cars. He's a mechanic. That's what he loves to do. But he wants me to sit in the garage with him while he does it. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, we'll just put music on. We won't talk. I'll play on my phone. And that's how he wants it. Like, he just wants me to be there and be present with him with what he's doing that he loves to do. And I don't know. Yeah. It works. There you go. That's it. <laughs> It's, if being present for you works, then awesome. I just want back rubs at night, and we're happy. <laughs> I get the feeling that's not what TK wants, though. No. No, because we get I home. I think TK's uh, ready for <laughs> ring by spring. Oh, yeah. TK's ready for ring by Friday. But uh, TK, <laughs> we get home to the Matthews house, and Corey has arrived home to a wreath. That alone would have been excessive, but wait, there's more. Your very own life-size candy clown! Whoa, can I play with him? Sure, and then you can eat him. (laughs) Why can't life always be like this? And now it's time to tell your parents. Who's TK? She's this girl who kind of likes me. No kidding. (laughs) And I have you to thank, Mom. Wait, how are you pawning this off on me? Well, you told me to be polite and considerate of others. So yesterday, a girl dropped her book... I picked it up, and boom, I'm in a relationship. I'm in one, too. With this guy. Tony, you're back. More stuff for the kid, Alan. Sign here, right under your other three signatures. Believe me, I know the routine. With love, TK. Corey, what's with this girl? She's very sentimental. You know, flowers, candy. Sirloin steaks? Nothing says I love you like a beautiful piece of meat. Tony, please! Corey, this girl's trying to buy your affection. So let her. Do you mind? Alan, you should know me well enough to know when I'm kidding. Corey, I think this girl's coming on a little too strong, a little too fast, and man, these will barbecue great. Alan, what do you mean too fast? Corey, I think this is something we need to sit down and discuss. She's right. Listen to your mother. I'll go fix us a nice piece of steak. I'll find a way. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, there is. Could I say two things real quick? Go for it. 
so spoiler just into the deep dives i found nothing about candy uh, life-size candy clowns i'm sorry i feel like there should have been a trigger warning because you know i hate clowns <laughs> <laughs> that thing popped up and i threw my phone <laughs> uh second i i love when alan gets these like weird friendships out of nowhere and like the way that people interact with him like and he's just like how am i in a new relationship <laughs> yeah it's it's really it's perfect Let, let's let's start with all the stuff that tk is giving Corey, and this is presumably the same day uh cory's gotten home from school the same day you know one day after he met tk and she is sending all of this stuff to him and so we've got the wreath we've got the candy clown we now have steaks did either of you ever have any suitors no. in high school or middle school that even sent you flowers or anything else no no <laughs> I mean, this is a classic case of love bombing. Like, there's <laughs> no other way to describe it. Like, she is truly just throwing all of the cards of, please love me back mm -hmm. by me giving you all of these things. Please give me security and comfort and love me. Yeah, and I think we'll get into that a little later, too. But uh, it, it it's played for comedy, but I, I think I really like how the writers will get into that in depth later. For those of you who don't know, love bombing is where someone will throw as much love onto you as possible, either with giant gifts or uh, really big emotional feelings of, like, I'm so in love with you so quickly, like, this is crazy. And a lot of times when people do that, they don't actually feel those ways. They just, they're trying to get you into a relationship with them. And so they say the things without meaning the things. I think that TK does feel these things because she doesn't have good um, boundaries mm -hmm. and, and good standards of what a relationship really looks like. And so it, I don't think that she is doing any of this with ill intent, where a lot of times when people do this in the dating world, it is with ill intent. Yeah, I think I think these are actually gifts coming from a sense of genuine, uh, genuine connection or seeking connection with TK. It's not just trying to be manipulative. I would and love so... for someone to send me steaks. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you looking at me with that statement? I was just saying, if someone <laughs> sent me steaks, I would gladly take them. <laughs> yeah, and so we've are you also you don't like a good steak. Oh, yeah. I'm not getting into this with you right <laughs> now. <laughs> and so Amy's kind of surprised because Corey, blame, well, not blames, but pawns it off on her that it's all because of her be polite. And it's Alan and Amy are both very, very much, we need to slow things down here. This was yesterday, and this is a lot all at once. And I don't think Tony's being very helpful. He's He's... He's joking in his own way, but I don't think he's being very helpful. Well, uh, we don't know this yet, but we will discover that this is the same Tony that is Uncle Tony, who owns a bike shop. So, well, let's let's get into uh, Tony, the delivery guy. He's played by Herschel Sparber, and he will come back twice more. Um, once this season, once next season, he'll be Sean's Uncle Mike. 
who will, yes, as Tyler mentioned, he will repair oh. Mr. Turner's bike at one point. Uh, he has 50 acting credits on his resume. Usually shows up as like this type of mob or mob adjacent guy. Uh, NYPD Blue, News Radio, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Titus, Columbo, My Name is Earl, and a handful of others. But yes, uh, he's definitely typecast, and yes, we will see him again a couple more times. Oh. Well, I mean, let's just go th- th- or complete uh, theory out of nowhere. He has a twin, Uncle Tony, Uncle uh, T- Mike. They don't talk to each other because they're mad at each other. But let's just assume that they are part of a, shall we say, a, a business of sorts that, you know, they know how to get things that other people can't get at a much more reasonable price, if you know what I mean. Well, if Tony and Mike are related by twins, that means Sean and Harley are related at least distantly. I, It really wouldn't surprise me if that was actually the case. Like, yep. you could have made the argument when, quote unquote, we meet his brother... Um, in the episode in the third season that that easily could have just been Harley instead mm-hmm. and just you know we're we're learning after the fact that Harley and him were actually related yeah so anyway it's gonna be a minefield to make that <laughs> whole situation make sense yeah so we we close out the scene knowing that despite all the comedy alan and amy are very concerned that this girl is coming on really hard really fast and they're 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 it's not that they're concerned so much for Corey. it seems it seems that they're concerned about tk's motivations they don't know her they've never met her but this all does not present well for them Mm -hmm. and so we go to school the next day uh, TK is upset that they sent a wreath and not roses. And so she gets on the phone. We have a nice little clip here. You're my guy. It makes me feel ladylike. Put Tony on. Tony, wreaths and roses. Do I gotta come down there myself and straighten you out? Oh, it's you. It's always me. Listen, I'm so. I'm so very, very sorry. You like that, Frankie? I bump into this guy and he apologizes. That's polite, isn't that polite? Wait a minute, you're saying you bumped into me? That's how I saw it. His fault entirely. I only hope that you can find it in your heart to forgive me. Yeah, but what about your shirt? Oh, that's no big deal. There's plenty more like it. Hey, you! Shirt! Come on. Love, Joey. This is probably the weirdest thing to happen this episode. Yeah. Or this season. Like, it's just like <laughs> the bullies are all of a sudden nice. too, too nice. You're, you're two and a half months, almost three full months into your career at John Adams High, and all of a sudden Frankie and Joey, who you met on the first day, are tripping over themselves to be nice to you. Now, I know Corey's not the deepest, most critical of thinkers at times but he should really be thinking a little bit more than oh this is just really powerful polite stuff here yeah it's just, it plays into his naivety yeah I'm just oh really, i guess being polite really is the way to go <laughs> yeah now we're like two days maybe into our third day of, re- of this relationship give or take clearly he's never asked tk what her last name is yeah how, now, when you dated people, did you know in high school? Did you know what their last names were? Did you care? 
Did you take time to ask what their connections were? Now, uh, for me, I yes, anyone I dated in high school, yes, I knew their first name and last name at least. <laughs> Granted, I dated one person in high school, so that's it. <laughs> did you always know the boys' last names you dated? Yeah. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> The girls. I feel like Corey is just such a small place that even if you didn't know them, you knew who they were. Like I don't know. I just feel like you knew who everybody was almost, especially in the school. It's part of the episode has to episode, in my opinion. Like, it's just we meet people. You only meet a first name. They they tend to treat last names almost like middle names. Like people will yell at someone like first and last name, and you'd be like, "Huh, that's really intense." Like. I knew people's middle names sometimes before I started <laughs> dating them. And if they were really close to someone, their friends would use their middle name, you know, if they started to annoy them. Like, mm-hmm. it's it wasn't that uncommon. I also feel like with having two older brothers, like, everybody knew my last name. Mm-hmm. Because they'd be like, oh, you're Tyler's sister, or you're Ryan's sister, or you're Russ Volk's daughter, like... Everybody. I like you said my name first, as if people said you're Tyler's sister, but it was always Ryan's little sister. No, I definitely had teachers that were like, oh, are you Tyler's sister? Because they didn't like Ryan. I'll bet bet one of those teachers was the teacher that in the classroom that Tyler led a riot. So, Um, One of the teachers was actually a teacher I tried to get fired. Yeah. You did try to get a teacher fired because you're a bad person. He was a bad teacher. We don't have time for that story. No. Uh, Yeah, I do like this little interaction uh, in general of her Mm -hmm. trying to explain herself. Like him trying to be like, hey, I think this is a little much. She goes, but I I want to give you these things. I want Mm -hmm. to show you how important you are to me. Yeah, and it's it's a legitimate expression. I mean, if you've ever taken time to look through the way that people express affection there, it is giving of gifts is one of the five main accepted Mm-hmm. Uh, expressions of love and if you if you go by the five love languages but it's always been an accepted expression of love and affection to give gifts um and like we already said it's we don't think at least uh you know, at least for my for my two cents it's not coming for at least for tk it's not coming from a bad place it's, she's not trying to be manipulative that's just how she's expressing i definitely know someone who's uh, one of her big love languages is gift giving I like to make people happy. What can I say? No, you like getting gifts. Well, that too. But I also like to give gifts. I do like to get gifts. I, w- I will defend the episode's got episode a little bit uh, on the last name. Because A, it is Philadelphia. And even though it's not the biggest school at John Adams High, they are bigger than Corey and bigger than the schools in the area I grew up in. And B, I have a 13-year-old boy who is in eighth grade now. And there are times that he doesn't even know his own friend's last names, that he spends a lot of time (laughs) with, much less if he were to meet a girl through this type of situation, he might not know her last name two days later. So I can let some of this episode's got an episode slide on this one. Yeah. I mean, I will also say that with our five-year-old, I'll go, well, who have you been playing with? I don't know. (laughs) Like, well, there's only so many people in your class. Do you want to name them? Huh. I don't know. Did you play by yourself? No. <laughs> okay. He also will say that he doesn't remember what he did, and then he'll tell you two minutes later what he did. Yes, that's true as well. <laughs> he did that today. 
Well, Asher, even at just turning nine now, you know, oh, yeah, he made a new friend on the playground today. Oh, yeah, what's his name? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, at that age, they don't care. They're just playing. Exactly. <laughs> they're just, they're playing this new friend. But anyway, Teresa leaves. Yeah, he's going to walk her home after she gets her coat. Harley walks out of the bathroom, his office, and is very, very cordial and friendly to Corey, even referring to him as Corey, not Baboon. As he's shoving him out of the way, baboon. <laughs> and Corey is very, very impressed that... Oh man, this politeness thing is really catching on. All of these red flags in his face, there should have been some thought in his head wondering if there was a little bit more. <laughs> okay. It's one thing for Joey and Frankie to act funky. <laughs> Harley Kiner is his bully. That's his mortal enemy. Like, <laughs> Corey has been more like uh, he will go after him. Like Harley purposely goes after Corey as often as possible, mm -hmm. like <laughs> annoyingly in a way. And he's being a hundred percent a different person to him right this moment. And so yeah. Corey should realize that something is wrong with this 19 year old even as someone who didn't watch the show regularly i knew that something was wrong <laughs> yeah and like i said i can i can let some of the episodes what? got episodes go by but Corey is very dumb here <laughs> did you not know that teresa was harley's sister at no first? whoa i had yes, no idea the then the episode did exactly what it should have for Rachel. Yeah, I had no viewing. clue who she was. Yes. That's awesome. That surprise was, because, you know, the, the synopsis that they give is, you know, it's a show that's been around for 30 years, but someone coming into it fresh who didn't know the connection, they did exactly what they were supposed to. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, good job, Once writer. I saw that part, I kind of put two and two together, but mm -hmm. yeah, before that, I had no clue. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. And uh, I, I like, uh, we get a little bit more uh, graffiti, or graffiti, a little bit more poetry from Harley about uh, the change in him. That was then. This is not then. <laughs> because here on Daz Meet World, we love Harley's poetic soul. <laughs> yes, his poetic nothingness. And uh, Harley leaves, and uh, we get a nice shot of the lockers behind Corey, and Mr. Feeney wants a word. Ah, Mr. Matthews, just the man I wanted to see. Perhaps you could tell me the meaning of this masterpiece? TK loves CM. Now, what could that possibly stand for? Well, I think someone named TK apparently loves some... Um, corn muffins? Would you like to take another shot at that, Mr. Matthews? No, sir, that was the best I could do. See in detention? Yes, it seems unavoidable. Very subtle. Sean, she's obsessive. She's crazy. What's going to happen to me? Just relax, Cor. Tell her to slow down. Your date with her tonight? Cancel. So, you like my artwork, Fuzzy? I'm having a matching one tattooed right over my heart. Oh, uh, no, no. <laughs> Please. Look, about our date tonight. Oh, it's all set. I got the movie tickets, made the dinner reservations. It's under the name Fuzzy. <laughs> um, tonight's not good. Okay, tomorrow night. 
Look, Teresa, I, I think you're a really, really nice person. You're going to bail on me? No, I just need some time. Oh, I understand. I understand that no matter how much you give to some people, they're still going to turn around and stab you in the back. No, I thought you were different, but you're just like every other guy I've ever met. And we get a little bit more about TK's backstory. And... Uh, mm -hmm. I like that little interaction between Corey and Mr. Feeney. <laughs> That's the best I can do. <laughs> See you in the dungeon. Yeah. I, just real quick, has that been there for like a while? Or like in the time that she left to Harley was right there, did she then spray paint the TK loves I, be I believe it was after she left to go get her coat, and that was her code for it. Because I don't remember seeing it at the beginning of the scene, but I honestly I I mean, didn't look. This is a pretty big hallway, so it's it's possible you could have a conversation on one side of lockers and mm -hmm. the other side not be able to hear it. I mean, at the high school we went to, literally the other side of the hallway lockers was like two feet away. So mm -hmm. if you're having a conversation, unless everyone is in the hallway, <laughs> you won't be able to hear the other side. But if it's just you and a few other people, you're going to hear them. Yeah, but I think we're supposed to understand that that's what it is. And with TK's reputation... Episode after episode. Well, yes, and with TK's reputation and Harley's reputation, no one's going to stop her unless a teacher happens to walk past. So, yeah, a little bit of episode's going to episode there. Unless a kickboxing teacher comes along. <laughs> yeah, he's not in the hallway today. Yeah, so uh, Rachel, as our, uh, as our resident female perspective... Um, what do you think about uh, TK's quick shift there from being excited for her date with Fuzzy to all of a sudden him backing off? I mean, he was very nice about it. He could have been like, hey, you're over aggressive. I can't handle this. We need to take. He was very nice. And he didn't even get to say like that he needed just a little space. Mm -hmm. And she kind of flipped the switch on him. Yep. Yeah. She immediately took the words as a form of betrayal and ill will yeah. towards her as a person and not necessarily uh, just we're in seventh grade and this is going very fast. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. Very interesting interaction. I do uh, really love the next scene in uh, Mr. Turner's class, <laughs> by the way. Yes, they, uh, Sean and Corey are talking about how uh, how TK seemed to, to be really uh, upset, and Sean wants uh, Corey to steer into rudeness until the politeness blows over. Listen, I'm, I'm sorry. I was teaching while you were talking. I love when Mr. Turner gets down right behind it, because you can tell in the background he's been talking the whole time, and they're just having their own moment. And the way he just inserts himself is just, it's perfect. We didn't have any real cool teachers that could do that, you know, make you feel bad for what you were doing if you weren't following the rules like that in a cool way. You obviously never had Mr. Hogue. Mr. Hogue was like the cool teacher when we were in school. <laughs> I think we should bleep out the name just because I think that'd be funnier, but I don't disagree that he is a interesting <laughs> fellow. He like would show off his calf muscles because they were huge. Like they were... <laughs> 
but he kids would like want him to show it. He'd be like, "No, I can't do that right now. My pants. I can't do that with my pants. <laughs> like he just couldn't do it because it was weird. But I could definitely see him doing that. I was mostly going to state that uh, this is the type of teacher who would go spend all his times going to concert, all his money and all that jazz. Like there was once a time when there was a concert going on, it's like in the middle of the week in Erie, and a bunch of people showed up with the concert shirt, and this teacher had just happened to be one of those people in that shirt. He lot. went to concerts a lot. Yes. <laughs> and he would like openly talk about it too. There is a different level of Mr. Turner cool and then Mr. Hogue cool. So. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Did Mr. Hogue ride a motorcycle? No. No, he walked, he walked everywhere. That's why his calves were so big. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be my next question. <laughs> Mr. Turner gets everyone's attention back at the front of class. Guys, you know, whatever personal stuff you've got going on, check it at the door. And then Joey walks in. Says Janitor Bud wants to see him because he ran over his bike with his truck down the parking lot. <laughs> My bike? <laughs> Read poems. Turner leaves. Joey and Frankie send everyone out in the hall except for Baboon. Because I am extremely distraught. Do you happen to know why? <laughs> yes. Someone has stolen the sweet angelic smile from the face of my sister. Teresa. Your sister? You mean TK's? Teresa Kiner. And nobody breaks the heart of Harley Kiner's sweet baby sister. Look, Harley, I swear, I had no idea she was your sister. You do realize you'd be dead already, except that Teresa says you're a gentleman. And lucky for you and your kneecaps, I deem this a very rare and desirable quality. Therefore, I am willing to let you take Teresa to the movies tonight as planned. You know, we really don't have to go out. No, you really do. <laughs> okay. This will be a nice date, a polite date. You will be a perfect gentleman. Because otherwise, baboon, your next and final date is with Frankie. And don't expect flowers. So at this point, I have to say... You know, we, we've talked very openly uh, about the fact that Harley probably isn't as rugged and aggressive physically and actually hurting people as he wants people to think he is. Mm -hmm. However, <laughs> I could believe with no doubt in my mind that Harley, if he really wanted to, like, if, if he thought that it would be better to hurt Corey in this situation, Corey would have been hurt and there would have been no conversation. There's a menace to Cor to Harley in this scene we don't typically see. Typically, Harley's violence towards other students is kind of played for laughs, but that, that facade is dropped here. He is played very much as the overprotective big brother here. His sister's mm -hmm. been hurt. And he's upset. And yeah. even though he's talking like Harley talks, that air of menace is very palpable. So I guess this is a moment to go to our special correspondent sister. Uh, having two big brothers. That's awful. How do you think that impacted you as of when boys would maybe hurt you and all that jazz? 
I mean, I don't know. It, you guys are seven and nine years older than me, so you weren't really, like, always present. You were at school, and Ryan was at school, and then Ryan came home, and then you weren't home. <laughs> but you both were very overprotective, I would say. Like... Even if they were just a friend, you didn't like them. <laughs> I, re I do remember one time Ryan came home one night and I was with a boyfriend. I don't know who it was. And we were laying on the floor under a blanket watching a movie. Doing nothing, just watching a movie. And he came in, went straight into the other room and said to our parents, Do you know what they're doing in there? They're laying on the floor. Under a blanket. <laughs> like, he was very concerned and didn't like it. But I don't really feel like you guys ever like overstepped your boundaries. Like you let me do what I had to do and make mistakes and grow. Well, there was a point when one boyfriend did really hurt you and people had said some pretty horrible things about you. And I'm pretty sure... Yeah. Our oldest brother was ready to throw hands with whoever he needed to throw hands. <laughs> yes. I was not close enough to, but he was ready to. Yeah. I had a uh, not very good relationship. Very emotionally abusive. Never physically, because he knew I could kick his butt. But um, <laughs> it got to a point where i was crying every day because he was mean but we were in love and that's what love was supposed to be you could fight and you could make up and be okay and yeah towards the end it got a little bad and ryan was gonna kick some butt but he could not because he would have went to jail <laughs> we both probably would gladly have done that for you yeah I mean, the jury's still out if I actually like Kyle or not at this point. <laughs> what did you even say at our wedding? You Something about, did you not, Sarah asked if you didn't like him? And you were like, well, no, but I won't admit that to him. So for the viewers at home, I officiated uh, my sister and her husband's uh, wedding. And part of my speech was... Uh, talking about when we would meet Kyle and how furious I was because I knew he was a good guy and how he probably was going to be the one for her. Um, and I never would give too much credit to any of the boys that she would date because none of them were good enough for her, always in my opinion. And we were driving home uh, after visiting for a little bit and Sarah just kind of goes, so do you actually not like Kyle? Like seriously and i'm like no i like him just fine but i can't tell him that <laughs> um i'm like he needs to earn you know his spot and he needs to earn the fact of us you know getting to know him better and eventually i was less hostile to him and just accepted that he was gonna be there so mm -hmm. so yeah i did jokingly say oh i have all the power right now just to say you know what you guys shouldn't be married, and I'm going to walk away, and there's nothing any of you guys could do about it. Thanks. Thanks for not doing that. Well, people were crying, so I needed to make some, some good jokes. So bad. My husband, I had him turn around so he couldn't see me because it was a really long walk, and as soon as he turned around, man, it was okay. Okay. 
but you weren't seeing him from my view. <laughs> she was like, turn around. And they're like, the only option is he can look at a tree or he can look at me. And if he caught my eyes, then I could see him even tearing up even more because I'm watching her coming down and I'm getting teary eyed. So I'm like, oh my gosh, like you people are the worst. It was a long walk. It wasn't actually that long. It was a little long. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> it was emotional wedding because Rachel is the baby of the family. He is the oldest in his family. Yes, he was the first and I was the last. So. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and the last thing I'll say about this is it was a beautiful wedding. I had to tell a lot more jokes than I was ready for, but it worked because multiple people came up to and said, I'm really thankful you said as many jokes as you did because I was getting super emotional. <laughs> It'd be like, you know, distant uncles and cousins and whatnot. And they're like, I just didn't want to cry and you helped me to stop cr- from crying. So it's like, you're welcome. I purposely made my vows funny because I knew that he was going to cry the whole time. So I was like, I'll make mine funny. He can do his sentimental crap and <laughs> cry and do all that stuff. I mean, I cried, but <laughs> I made my vows funny. All the sentimental crap. All yeah. that sentimental gushy crap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, goodness. Either way. So. Good <laughs> so, Brett, you do have sisters. Have you ever been super protective of them? At times. Um but my older sister uh, is three years older, and by the point that she was in dating relationships, I mean, it's it's a little bit of a different relationship between a younger brother and older sister in that. And so, you know, it, it it's not that kind of a defensive relationship. To be fair, I don't know that I really ever approved of any of her suitors. I firmly remember in high school, you talking about your sister and her ex-husband and it's probably the first time i really heard like hatred in your voice towards <laughs> someone because like yeah it was very fresh and raw and i just i knew i was like oh this person you do not like you do not want anything to do with this person yeah um that that was a bad relationship um and and there 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 have been a few but uh and and not just because i'm her brother but there there were objectively bad relationships and but again as the younger brother there there is not quite that level of of a defensiveness when you're in seventh grade and your older sister's in high school and you know you don't necessarily like her boyfriend you can't really intimidate them (laughs) well I, i will say though i have seen you be defensive of each of your and protective of your siblings. And, yes, yes, uh, I have. So I, 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 <laughs> whether they want you to or not, I know you are protective of them. I so. am, yes. Not necessarily always. And, and there, there is also a time where once we've hit adulthood, um, honestly, when we were all kids, when we were all in middle school and high school, there, there, we were all homeschooled. There wasn't really a lot of dating going on for any of us. I mean, older sister finished high school at a public school system, but the rest of us were all homeschooled. There wasn't really a lot of dating that went on for the rest of us outside of, you know, I dated one person in high school. The rest of them, you know, there might have been uh, a dance that uh, one might have gone to, but really it was college and beyond. And by that point, you're in that zone of even though you want to be protective and, and defensive, at that point, you're also into that adult 
phase as well, where there is also an area where you have to extend that that I don't want to call it rope because you're not kind of you're not the parent, you're not charged. Um, but there was one one relationship with my youngest brother where I was set to officiate the wedding. And so during the premarital uh, counseling, we got to the end point of the, the premarital counseling, and I was very honest with them that I did not believe they were ready to go through with the marriage. They were ready to be married yet, and that I could not in good conscience move forward with the ceremony. And that, that did some damage uh, relationally, and... You know, to this day, there are lingering after effects, but that marriage no longer stands either. I acted on my want to care for my brother and for his benefit. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I have been defensive of all of my siblings. I am the second of five. Um, and so when I have been able to, I have tried to act. But, yeah, like I said, a lot of our relationships happened when we were all into adulthood. So it's a little bit different. So let's look at uh, Corey getting ready for this date where he's dressed like a ventriloquist dummy in an effort to push TK away and turn her off with his gentlemanly ways. And Eric's going to share some thoughts. You know, I thought you had a date, but apparently you're going to Sears to take pictures for Grandma. <laughs> this is for my date. We want to make sure he's totally unappealing to this girl. That's good. Play your strengths. <laughs> Gosh, she's here. Sean, stay with me. Come on, what's the worst thing that could happen? It is time. I got a date with Frankie! Miss Kiner's waiting in the car to go to the movies. Oh, that's better. No, it's not. Sean, she's gonna see through this outfit. I'm going out in a bow tie. I'm coming back in a box. Help me. Miss Kiner doesn't like to miss the coming attractions. Fuzzy. Any last words for mom and dad? Tell mom politeness kills. Clearly, Corey's plan to to turn TK off with his um, taking pictures for grandma suit is not going to work. Um, Frankie takes some very perverse pleasure in referring to him as fuzzy. I mm -hmm. love seeing that look on Frankie's face. Politeness kills. Those are his last words to Amy. And we head off to the drive-in theater. I love a good drive-in theater. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just love that Corey just wants Sean to stay with him. <laughs> he begs him, stay with me. <laughs> I love that. They're good friends. They are. This whole sequence in the in the limo is fantastic. Once we get uh, mm -hmm. out of the front seat, the whole open one door, someone comes in, open the door, someone leaves, someone yeah. else leaves. It's, it's, it's great TV. I love it. It is great TV hijinks. Yeah. So Frankie's trying. Frankie's being a good chaperone. He is. He is. TK bribes him to go up to the concession stand and make his dreams come true and buy some snacks because the dancing ones are calling to him. So Frankie leaves. TK's uh, getting a little fresh, takes the bow tie off. Uh, Corey needs a drink. TK's going to go get the drink. And we get Sean appearing. Sean, how'd you get here? I live on the other side of the fence. So how's it going? Sean, she's all over me. How do I get her to stop? I've never exactly had that problem before. 
How do you normally strike out? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's usually so easy for me. Okay, look. Up on my bike. I'll get you out of here. Ditch Harley Kiner's sister on a date? Are you mental? Too late. How do you normally strike out with a girl? I don't know. It's usually so easy. <laughs> Which we have seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, but again, though, everything that Corey's trying to do, she's just taking as cute quirks and thinks he's adorable. Mm -hmm. It's polite flirting mm -hmm. to TK. <laughs> yeah. And Sean has no idea how to uh, not uh, get a girl attracted to her. I'm, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Sean Sean doesn't know how to turn a girl off. It's it's foreign to him. Yeah, I, I do love that Sean's trying to be a good friend and trying to help his buddy. However, Sean is coming up short like always. Yeah, this is not a situation Sean even could... Even if he had an idea, I don't think Sean was in a position where he's able to offer any assistance. This has got to be something that Corey and TK square away on their own. Mm -hmm. So Corey says, let's talk about and baseball. So, yeah, which is pretty genius on his part without realizing it. We still see some vestiges of Corey loving baseball, which we really haven't seen since the beginning of the season. This is like the since first reference baseball to baseball last season. Mm-hmm, Yeah. And he inadvertently trips over that one thing that will unearth why TK is behaving the way that she has been. My old man, my real dad, you know, on my eighth birthday, he took me to a Phillies game. And it was so great being there, just me and him. He even arranged it so my name flashed on the scoreboard. That's really nice. Yeah, it was. I started chatting it up with this redhead in the road behind us. He acted like I wasn't even there. Seventh inning stretch, he and she went to buy some beers. I never saw him again. Wait a minute, you're eight years old. It's your birthday, and the jerk ditched me. I mean, I sat there for hours like an idiot with my stupid souvenir hat to one of the ballpark guys called my mom. She was sort of under the weather. So Harvey rode his bike down to get me. Oh? Harvey, my brother. He's the only one who's ever really looked out for me. Wait, wait, wait. You're telling me Harley Kiner's real name is Harvey? I'm the only one who gets to call him that. And so Teresa is finally able. To, it's, it seems like Corey is the only one. She seems genuinely surprised that he wants to hear her story, that he's the only one who's ever really asked her about this. And I don't, I'm not surprised. But we find out that Harley's and Teresa's life up to this point, we've got an absent dad who clearly took off, leaving his eight-year-old daughter at the ballpark on her birthday, and to this point has not been seen since. Mom, uh, that under-the-weather code for alcoholic mother who was too drunk to respond. Harley is the classic older brother who steps in as a parental figure when parents are absent one way or another. So we have TK effectively being raised from at least eight years old until now by her older brother, who is Harley Kiner, who is the school bully. And this is what she's looked up to. And so she's learned how to give and to find love from him. And so she's got all these wounds with uh, parental figures with men period and she's learned how to get what she wants out of them and how to share what she wants with them in ways that won't get her 
hurt. And it's really it's really touching that that this happens in this moment because Corey was just trying to fend her off and this moment where she spills everything is just him trying to fend her off with baseball. One of the things that sticks out to me the most was and like an idiot I just waited for the jerk. And I was like you're 8 years old. Like mm-hmm. you would assume that if you're there with your parent, your parent is going to be there for you, come back for you. Like, yeah. now I can't imagine a world where I would leave any of my children by themselves to go anywhere, especially if I'm just the only one with them. Like, when it's mm-hmm. just uh, my son and I, we go out places, he is attached to my hip, and I go, You do not leave my side. You stay with me no matter what. We are together until we're back in the car. So it's just, it's amazing to me. And I, I, I get that there are parents out there that are a little more looser than, than maybe we are. And we could be considered a little more helicoptery parents than maybe we want to admit. But um, I can't see a world where I'm comfortable taking my child to any activity and then leaving them there. And I feel, it's just one of those times you feel really bad for the person because you understand that a lot of this brokenness and their understanding of love is just coming from the fact that they did not see it in the parental figures like they should have but Mm -hmm. she does get a lot of love from harley yeah or harvey she gets all the yeah all the love that she could want or ever ever want from harley harvey and uh I mean, he he dotes on her. That's his baby sister. Yeah, he is. She is the one person that he would do anything for. Yeah, Gigi. And uh, <laughs> I will say, I I probably have you wrapped around my finger more than I want to admit. Because if I want something, <laughs> he most likely is going to do it for me or go with me. I mean, I did share my Pop-Tart with you. He did. He gave me half of it. <laughs> <laughs> Corey learns that this is a big part of why TK is the way she is. She's Corey wants to go slow, but TK is not that type of girl. She doesn't want to be friends first. And we get some more hilarity that ensues. And Harley appears at the window. And, <laughs> you know. Corey, of course, is going to be dead meat, and you know Harley comes in the car. Corey is trying to get away. TK is trying to stop Harley from killing her date, and <laughs> get me out of here! Hunter! Come on, son! Oh, great! Say my whole name now. Harvey's going to be after me too. I'll find you, baboon, and when I do, you're dead. The kid says Harvey. Who could that be? <laughs> oh. Oh, Frankie, you're too amazing. Yeah. Oh. Frankie is too good for us. Oh. <laughs> so hilarity ensues, the date ends, and we're in school the next day where Sean is sneaking notes to Corey in Sean's locker. Yeah. But before we, we go there, I, I do want to point out that I, I like that she does try to communicate. Oh, this is the type of girl I am. Mm-hmm. I, I want this physical interaction with you. Mm-hmm. And Corey's trying to communicate as well of, 
but I can't just do that. Like, he's trying to say, like, I need us to have an emotional connection. Even though she's provided him gifts and whatnot, the gifts aren't the thing that's going to help him to see her as potential, you know, girlfriend love interest. It's just stuff to him. So at this point, she is not really, she she is communicating, but she is also not listening. They also aren't, like, officially dating, right? In, in Boy Meets World universe, it's back and forth of you, you're dating, you're not dating. It's all <laughs> the same thing. Topanga just shows up when it's convenient for the, for the writers. And they're not, they are for sure not dating until he asks her out season three. Okay. Yeah. At, at this point, TK, she's communicating, but she is communicating from within her shell. She still wants to be in control because that's how she keeps herself from getting hurt. Sean is slipping notes. Harley finds him. I, I, I like the little note that Corey tries to keep him from pulling out because he's wired to explosives. And that, of course, doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean gets shoved <laughs> in the locker. And uh, Frankie sends Joey, or Frankie, Harley sends Frankie and Joey to class. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have a little bit of a heart to heart between Corey and Harvey. She was all over me, I swear. You expect me to believe that my angelic baby sister actually came on to you? Harley, I wouldn't make this up. It's the truth. You gotta believe me. Any of you guys know a girl named TK? Is she fast like he says she is? (laughs) You guys know the K in TK? Stands for my sister? Oh, no. This is very disconcerting. Look, Harley, I didn't mean to say she's a bad person, because she's not. I know, I know. It's just, you know, you you try and do good by him, you know, raise him right. But I guess it wasn't enough. You know, your sister loves you a lot. She told me you're the only one that's always been there for her. And yet, it seems I failed her. Oh, it's the pressures, you know? The demands of my day. I mean, I'm so busy collecting lunch money and dunking kids' heads into toilets. I hardly have time for my sister anymore. You do the best you can. Yeah, she needs more. She just needs somebody to set a good example for her. And you, you're always going to be the biggest influence in her life. Yeah, I could talk to her, you know, set her straight a little. Yeah, that's what's important. Not who she's dating. Well, personally, I, I was kind of hoping she'd date you. Of course, that's up to you and TK. But if it works out and you go out again, you take her somewhere nice, eh? See, my sister, she deserves it. So, Harley, does this mean me and you were okay? No. And there's a lot that's in there that's played for laughs, you know. Yeah. It's, my day's full. I'm, I'm collecting lunch money and dunking kids' heads in toilets. But, I mean, I've worked with a lot of teenagers over the years, and, and you've worked with your share as well, where I've seen a lot of teenagers who's got, who have, for one reason or another, absent parents who 
are looking up to an older sibling or sometimes even no one who is there to take care of them. And it's conversations like this that even though it's played for laughs, even, even as I'm talking about it, it's, it's, it's gripping my own heart and twisting it because as I see Harley deliver these lines, Danny, Danny plays it for laughs, but even in that, I see enough of what Danny's saying that I've seen it on the faces of, of lots of other teenagers. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've seen teenagers whose parents have dropped them off for events that their, their mother was dropping them off already completely blitzed and very possibly could have left that parking lot and driven into a tree. I, I have seen parents who had no clue where their, their teenager was and honestly didn't care. I have worked with teenagers who, even though this is the story of a fictional character who was left at a baseball stadium at eight years old, I've probably lost count of the emotional trauma and damage that were done to younger children by parents that were just not prepared to have children or didn't want the children they had, that they left them to the care of other people, whether there's their their siblings or someone else that mm-hmm. would step in. And so even though this is played for laughs, it, it just it still gets me because this is an honest confession that I have heard. And I've, I've sadly I've witnessed it far too many times. But even and it's it's great to see in this moment. Baboon's mortal enemy really wants Corey and TK to work out because he sees something in Corey that is really good for his baby sister, who he loves more than anything else in the world, and he wants the best for. And that's got to really give Corey some, some real encouragement, even though they're not okay. <laughs> yeah, they're not okay. Yeah, I mean, I... I view it more as the show wanted it to be a funny moment, you know, of him acting like he's quote unquote the parent in the situation. And isn't that silly the way he mm-hmm. talks about it? But I, I mean, Harley has been responsible for raising his sister. A- mm-hmm. And even if his father was around before he up and disappeared, he probably was parenting her in a way. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I tend to joke with, with Rach because I go, you know, you had four people constantly looking out for you. Um, like, and I would, I would say like, uh, well, is Kyle going to ask my permission? Because I had a giant hand in raising you. <laughs> um, he didn't, which, uh, I feel like was kind of rude of him, but you know, it's just a, it's different. And a big part of this episode, too, and what I like about it is is that reality for Harley and why he may act the way that he acts and the persona he puts on. Because not only is he trying to protect his emotions, but he also is trying to create a shield for his sister uh, so mm-hmm. that way nothing comes to her. And it's also... It is played for last, but it he doesn't want to believe that his sister could be anything more than that 
adorable little girl who he had to pick up from the baseball game. Yep. So to believe that she could be becoming a girl who's interested in boys who she wants to make out with and, you know, have real relationships with would be really scary for him. I know it was scary for me mm-hmm. whenever she started to. So <laughs> at the end of the day, this is outside of the fact that it's being played for laughs. This is a really beautiful moment in the show. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on your end? I mean, our parents weren't absent in any means, but. Oh, no, please, please don't. Please don't think that of of uh, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> no, but <laughs> Tyler and Rachel's parents at all good looking people. Yeah, their their parents were very involved. Tyler is just really really connected to Rachel. Yeah, very very involved. But uh, I definitely wanted to be around you as much as I could. I mean, you had friends over, and I wanted to be in there i wanted to know what you were doing i wanted to know what games you were playing what you were watching i mean i watched freaking wwe like (laughs) i just wanted to (laughs) hang out with him and that's what i watched was wwe because why not my brother's watching it i'll watch it (laughs) so if i wasn't building something with my dad or shopping with my mom i was trying to do whatever he was doing to keep up I feel like when you're the younger sibling, that's what you're always doing. You're always trying to keep up. Grow up. I wanted to grow up a lot faster than I should have. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) And so we get to close out. Before before we get to the the closing uh, scene, I do love that Sean tries to be like, you can't scare me, Kiner. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, I was gonna leave off with that. That we uh, we leave the school, but Sean is still stuck in his locker. Corey leaves without Sean, so he's a little bit a uh, little bit full of uh, full of himself, knowing that Harley sees him as someone that's worthy of his little sister. Have you ever actually seen someone in a locker? No, we've talked about this before. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> yes, we have had many conversations about these lockers on this show. <laughs> and I, I I'm gonna say what I've said before, which is. Very tiny people were able to fit into the lockers. And I only know this because they would put themselves in there for videos that we were shooting. And it was never anything that you could just like. I know for me, I could never get into the locker because I could never get out. Uh, except for the football lockers, because I would go and sit in there if I really needed to like separate from the guys for a little bit. But no. You, our lockers were not big enough for that. And it definitely wasn't big enough for two people to be in there making out. Yes, but Sean is all in there by himself. And uh, we don't know how he got out or when, but we do know he did. And so we end the episode in the tag with uh, TK has joined the Matthews for dinner. She has provided lobsters. She's speaking very robotically. She's clearly memorized a little scripted uh Mr. and Mrs. Matthews, thank you so much for inviting me to your lovely home. And uh, it's all going really smoothly until Eric realizes one of the lobsters is missing a claw. And that's just too much for TK. She loses her cool, flips out. Everyone's kind of staring. And then she realizes, back into my mode. Mr. and Mrs. Matthews, (laughs) 
Thank you for inviting me to your home. You, you have to wonder how many times she had Practiced. to restart. <laughs> how many so times during that dinner too. did she restart? Mr. and Mrs. Matthews. <laughs> Clearly not something that TK has ever really said. And yeah, like it's, and that's that's the episode. And like I said, I would love to have seen more of TK around, but sadly, this is the last we will see of her. I will say, I did find a uh, uh, a fan fiction about Corey and uh, TK ending up together. So maybe we should dramatically read that uh, for a Patreon episode at some point. Yeah, maybe that that could be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> We'll put that. We'll put that in the folder. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tyler, do you have some deep dives for us? People, 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 people. Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? Oh, Minkus. All righty. So let's start off with Mother Teresa. Sister Teresa is kind of a play on person, Mother Teresa. So Mother Teresa is a nun and a missionary well known uh, from being in the Catholic Church, uh, known as St. Teresa of Calcutta. Calcutta, I think Calcutta. so. Devoted her life to caring for sick and the poor. Born in Macedonia to parents of Albania descent and having taught in India for 17 years. Mother Teresa uh, called her experience what she called a calling within a calling. And she helped establish uh, hospice and centers for blind uh, age and disabled and leprosy colony. In 1979, she received the Nobel Peace Prize for her humanitarian work, and she passed away in 1997 and was beatified in October 2003. I'm assuming that's a Catholic thing. In December of 2015, Pope Francis recognized a second miracle attributed to Mother Teresa clearing the way for her to be canonized on September 4th, 2016. Basically, she did a lot of good work for a lot of good people, was awarded for that, and quite often you'll hear people go, what am I, Mother Teresa? So it's just funny that she's considered a, a holy-ish person, and uh, definitely uh, Teresa Kiner is not. I was trying to look up these gifts that she gave him, and I really struggled because, A, I already said this before, but did not find anything specifically about the whole giant candy guy. Now, I would take a guess that it's more or less a statue that they put candy on. It's not completely candy, but it's only there for a few minutes, so we're not worried about that. But let's talk Omaha Steaks for a minute, because that ah, is a thing. Hashtag not yet a sponsor. Not yet. Omaha Steaks, seriously, work on it. We will gladly promote this sucker if you send us some stuff, Omaha Steaks. Yes. So basically, from what I've gathered in the price ranges that they have, you get a ton of food for, right now, the deals they got is anywhere between 130 to just shy of 200 getting a lot of meat so it would not surprise me if if she could afford to get something like an omaha steak to be sent that way and it coming in multiple boxes now do i believe that she's getting it from a legitimate business probably not and that's all part of this whole thing is yes she's getting stuff but is it really as as high priced as it should be potentially not 
It honestly would not surprise me if that floral arrangement that uh, Corey received was actually from like a funeral that got done and they took off. Sorry for your loss and put TK loves Corey. <laughs> so I Googled what beatified means. And in the Roman Catholic Church, they declare someone blessed and worthy after they've deceased. Ah, interesting. Cool. Well, thank you for that. Limousines. Right now, kind of as a general Google search, you could get a limousine roughly between 70 to 150 an hour per night. It could be anywhere from like 425 to 950, just depending upon, I'm assuming, the area, availability, all that jazz. I will also say that part of the problem is that Frankie is the driver, and Frankie, being the oldest, like 16, may not legally be allowed to drive a limousine like does not have that specific certification but would it surprise me if somebody has a business that uses limousines and he took one potentially his parents maybe drives one or tony has a connection and again i'm not saying these people are super sketchy but i'm also not saying that some of the stuff that they're doing and using aren't legit so limousines operating in Pennsylvania must be licensed with the public uh, utility commissions and maintain adequate insurance coverage adhere to the commission vehicle safety registration. Unlike taxi cabs, limousines provide transportation by advanced reservation within points in Pennsylvania. By definition, limousines are luxury type vehicles seating 10 passengers or less, excluding the driver. Limousines sh shall have a minimum of air conditioning am slash fm radio deluxe leather or fabric upholstery deluxe wheels or wheel covers four doors wheel base of at least 109 inches pursuant to commission to enter order entered in october 16 1997 limousine companies may establish or change rates with one day notice of the commission rates uh, may be based on mileage or, or time or both Gratitudes may be included in the rate if included the company file tariff. However, customers should be informed of any and all changes, including gratitudes when quoting rates of service. Now, I have to say real quick, the first time I ever went on like on a real, real vacation where I stayed somewhere and had people transporting me, I didn't realize that gratitudes were a thing. And my wife looked at me and said, I'm pretty sure you need to tip these people. And I'm like, how much do we tip them? She goes, I don't know. Just grab cash and hand it to them. I said, okay. <laughs> Finally, I have what the average movie cost when going to see it by year. It's not necessarily going to be the same for drive-in because drive-ins are different. There's a drive-in that's not too far away from us. It's like $7 or $8 uh, adult or person. Some places do buy the car load or individuals in the vehicle. It just all depends on the certain place you're getting it from. The average ticket price in still in the year 1994 would be about $4.18. for inflation, it's about $7. Now, if they were to take that date in about three months, you're looking at about average ticket of $4.35, which is, just for inflation, about $7.09. I also saw another thing of, like, cheap dates throughout the decades. I couldn't get one up closer to this time period. It floored me just how cheap dates actually used to be cheap dates, and now those really don't exist, except for, like, hanging out at somebody's house and watching a movie and getting McDonald's. 
So, Brett, should we get into our life lessons? We should. You know anything about the Odyssey? Huh? Did I say you could talk? I didn't teach you that. My friend Mr. Matthews will lead the discussion. Do I have to draw you a picture? Okay, before we get into that, I'm sorry, I forgot one last thing. Way to go. I did a rough guesstimate. In my new headcanon, the official Dabbing's World headcanon, Harley Kiner's birthday would be uh, July 28th, 1975. Because from the way that the first episode makes it clear is if he has been a senior at least two times, and this is the third time, this is probably his last chance to graduate. Because there's a certain point where schools will go, sorry, you clearly aren't here to actually learn, and they'll kick <laughs> you, you out. You can only repeat so many times, and you're too old. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with the premise of Harley has a summer birthday, like a July birthday. Um, so the first time he would have gotten and was a senior would have been when he was 17. So school probably could have thought, well, he's just not mature enough yet. Let's hold him back, you know, give him another chance next year. He blew off that chance, and now this is like his last opportunity. Also, the actor who plays him, uh, his birthday, the, the date is on the 28th, so I figured I'd give him the 28th for that because of the actor. So, But yeah, 75 uh, would, would right. mean that after he graduates, he would then turn 20 soon after. So that's why I went with 75. So. Yeah. And if he doesn't graduate, he's just literally too old to be in the school anymore. Exactly. So. <laughs> that's probably why he, he got a week at detention. So Tyler, what did you learn this week? <laughs> So for me, I think the biggest thing I learned, um, and it's not really a learn, it's just a reminder of uh, the importance of the relationships that you have and, and keeping them special, but also accepting of who those people are. And, and just because you recognize who they are now does not take away from your memory of them. Whether it be a... Um, you know, sibling relationship, cousins, um, you know, even your significant other uh, of who they were when you first met them and how you've you've you changed over the years um, and your parents as well. Brett, what'd you learn? Again, not just like you, it's not so much learning as it's being reminded um, that it's really important, especially when you have. Uh, kids. So if any of you good-looking people are, are parents with dating-age teenagers at home. Suckers. Um, or even any of you good-looking people who might be listening who are of dating age, that it's important to know what might be behind uh, the way that people choose to act or communicate or express themselves. Because just like with TK, people are hurting in different ways. And that hurt that we might not see is going to impact and, and influence how they choose to react to things and how they choose to try and control the world around them. And like in TK's case, it came across as moving too fast because she chose to share, to show her appreciation, her affection through giving extravagant gifts. And for some people in this world, that might be looked at as something that's uh, emotionally manipulative, and often it is, but there may be a legitimate reason to look at it as Alan and Amy wanted to, to sit down and discuss as an opportunity to get at that a little bit deeper. Why are these gifts being given? Why are these dramatic and showy steps being taken in this relationship? 
people hurt in different ways. People are motivated by different things. And so it's important to take a step back, as Alan and Amy encouraged, to discuss, to sit down and discuss, and to try and understand where someone's coming from. So what about you, Rachel? What did you learn this week? Uh, I kind of going off of what you said, like you don't ever know what anyone's going through and, you know, you just got to treat people the way that you want to be treated pretty much. You know, people are always hurting and going through things and they might not tell you directly what they're going through, but you never really know what's going on in someone's life and world and what they're feeling and even if they give you extravagant mm-hmm. gifts. Mm-hmm. You really can't tell, especially if their mouth's wide open and they're trying to talk to you. What? <laughs> when you're at work and you're trying to talk to someone and they go home like, I We wouldn't ever say anything that's important when your mouth's open. <laughs> we did have somebody leave a review that was like, it was really good conversation. I didn't converse much because I had a water hose, a shop vac, and fingers <laughs> in my mouth, but it was a good experience. <laughs> well, what type of work do you do? <laughs> I am a dental assistant. <laughs> that will definitely help the good-looking people at home make sense of that. Yes. <laughs> Rachel is a very select set of skills. Yeah. <laughs> See, she likes to, if I'm in the chair, be like, oh, yeah, remember this one time? And I would be like. I just like to pick on him. I can't correct what she's telling. She's just telling Vast emotional her. damage. Yes, yeah. thank yeah. you. That That's exactly what it is. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know why, but while we were listening to this episode, all I could think is, we gave him dinner. We gave him dinner. <laughs> so... One last task. I'm right? No, you're exactly right. So am I done with my education? Can I go? What grade would you give Sister Teresa? Tyler, let's start with you. I I guess I'm going to have to go with an A+. Like, this is a really good episode. Um, it furthers Corey's development, uh, even if you forget this lesson in a few weeks. Um Amy and Alan are trying to help him, but he still fumbles and and tries, you know, Sean tries to support him, but is unhelpful whatsoever. Uh, And also just getting more depth to the main antagonist is really good. And I think it's episodes like this that that make you feel like Harley is in more of the show than he actually is. Mm -hmm. A plus. Also, this is the Mm -hmm. moment when Frankie hears about Har- Harvey he goes oh <laughs> well Rachel what grade would you hand Sister Teresa I'd probably say an A minus the only thing I don't like I do find it a little weird that she's giving all the gifts because I feel like as a girl like you want to be pampered and you want all the gifts and I understand where they were coming from it for doing it that way, but that was the only thing that kind of bothered me about the whole episode. Because I feel like that's, I don't know, it's just like a girl thing. Like, you want flowers, you want... She's taking <laughs> on a more masculine right. role. <laughs> yeah. She's you slurping Corey's authority. <laughs> right. <laughs> what would you give this, Brett? I myself... Um... I would uh, I give it an A minus myself, um, in part uh, just 
I could very easily give this an A plus, but I know a lot of that is me bringing in my own experience to it. And so I wanted to look at it a little more objectively and let some of those little things that I could very easily look past, like Corey's very dumb moments where she wrote seven numbers on my hand, uh, which is hilarious, but they're a little bit of a, a they, they drag his character down a little, not a lot, just a little bit. But some there are some moments in here where Corey is just a little too slow for his own good, where in other episodes he would be a little quicker in the uptake. And it just, it would be good to see this continued in some sense. I know it's episodic. I know it's 30 years ago. That's not how TV was written. But it would be very good to see these pieces picked up. And so I, I do hold, it's a very well done episode, very, uh, very highly rewatchable. But uh, yeah, A minus, three A's across the board for us. This is actually the most positive uh, fan, or uh, not fan review, uh, guest review I think we've had. That may be, yes. Definitely more positive than uh, our last guest uh, <laughs> on your end of the microphone. Yeah, our last guest on my end was very negative. No, no ranting about the patriarchy from your side of the screen. <laughs> no, actually, it was quite the opposite. Rachel's approach was, why isn't the guy doing it? Yeah. <laughs> so before we, uh, before we call it an episode, I do have a dad joke for you. I hit a... So, all right. This is a joke. This is not a reference to either one of my siblings of the <laughs> female persuasion. My sister just delivered a baby. I knew she had it in her. <laughs> <laughs> womp, womp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so help me. If you come to see my child and you say that joke... After I have delivered. I knew you had it in you. I will murder you. <laughs> I think you tend to forget who you're talking to. I'm just saying. If you say that, you'll get smacked. Well, dear viewers, no matter how nice and kind you are to somebody and allow them to say their piece, they still are quite uh, rude and... But they you still love them anyway, because eventually they'll go in a timeout and disappear for a few episodes. So thank you, uh, my baby sister, for hopping on. Yes. You're a wonderful aunt. You're a wonderful sister. Thanks. Uh, so thanks for coming on. Hopefully you can come back. Yeah, it was fun. So, Rachel, is there anywhere you'd like good-looking people to stalk you online? or? I mean, I'm on, I'm on the, all the things. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. <laughs> Do you just want them to mostly just follow us and yeah stalk yeah you. you can yeah all just right. keep up with the, <laughs> the dad <laughs> podcast well don't don't search for rachel uh if you trip across her profiles i'm sure she'll invite you in but uh, you can follow dad's meat world across post social media at dad's meat world or you can send us an email dad's meat world at gmail.com yeah. and search hey. for our shop do, do you want to read uh our last uh, email we got Corey, Eric, guess what I blew up another mailbox yes uh, we do have an email from uh, my own child <laughs> love it 
Now, our our resident a Shakespearean expert. I'm I'm gonna guess this is Hala because it's not Hola. Hala. I am an avid an avid harker to thy soundeth thing, and am <laughs> writing a letter. Prithi Holp, I am a timeth traveler. Did stick in the presenteth, the presenteth. But I doth requesteth mer penguins to beast mentioned in the conversations. <laughs> Ignore the earlier plea for hulp, human. <laughs> so yes, time travelers stuck in the present and more penguins. <laughs> so send an email to dadsmeetworld at gmail.com and we'll read it on air. <laughs> and until next time, good looking, we'll see ya. You did. Uh, we'll see you later, good looking. You're weird. <laughs>555 Boy Meets World <laughs> 555 Talk T A W L K 555 You know funny thing is is you do have pictures of me when I was cuter I do a lot of them Well that just sounds creepy out of context <laughs> Not as creepy as the other ones I'm going to play with. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's what she said. <laughs> All right. We ready to skin this cat? Sure. I'm ready to skin this cat. All right. So let's Why dive in. Cats? We're just saying, are we ready to get started? Well, yeah, but I don't want to skin any cats. Tyler's <laughs> afraid if we say run this puppy over, buddy will go crazy. <laughs> And we'll go to commercial break, good looking people. <laughs> because even though I'll edit it out, Buddy has found a diaper. Yeah. <laughs> okay, those paper towels. Oh, it's paper towels. I was right. <laughs> <laughs>